We speak of uh, that uh, government rollout uh, for the 300,000 targeted uh, vaccinations a day and uh, that impact, uh, how that will be impacted uh, by the lootings and civil unrest that we face. We shift gear because we want to look at that impact of of this COVID violent, of this rather violent protest on uh, the vaccination rollout and healthcare. And as you also had Kabu say, that, uh, you know, the lootings themselves have now been super spreader events and we all know what happens in super spreader events we want to have a chat about this with Mia Malan who is the editor-in-chief of Begisisa uh, and Begisisa a healthcare journalist Mia thank you so much for making the time to talk to us today good afternoon how are these violent protests in Gauteng and Guazulu Natal having an impact on the spread of COVID-19 up to now do we know thank you for joining us thanks for having me so if we look, it has an impact on various levels of COVID. So if we firstly look what you've mentioned, that these um, protests, people don't social distance and very few people wear masks. So obviously there's a much bigger opportunity for COVID to spread in those events. But if you look at vaccinations, we are in the third wave um of a country very close to the peak and some provinces already just passed the peak. But across the country, in most provinces, we see a sharp increase in hospitalizations. Mm. And vaccines protect us against falling severely ill with COVID. So if we look at our current vaccination numbers, almost all the urban sites, vaccination sites in in KwaZulu-Natal are closed. It's just really rural ones that are open and also some in Gauteng. So our vaccination numbers, if we compare it to last week, has been about 40 to 50,000 vaccinations per day lower. And most of those vaccination numbers that are lower come from KwaZulu-Natal. KwaZulu-Natal contributed about 40,000 vaccinations per day. So we are now each day while those sites are closed, we have 40,000 fewer people that we vaccinated, vaccinating um, that could potentially be protected against hospitalization. And we know that even in the case of the Pfizer vaccine, just after one dose, it already gives you very, very good protection against um, the variant caused in our, uh, that is dominated in our, dominating in our country, the Delta variant. It protects you against hospitalization by disease caused by that variant. So if we look at the overall impact also, there's an impact on COVID patients because one of the biggest challenges at the moment is if you get to hospital and you have COVID, you need oxygen. And oxygen companies are struggling to get oxygen to hospitals because roads are blocked and many of them require police escorts at the moment because they're scared they get attacked. So keeping people with COVID alive in hospitals is a challenge at the moment because if you don't have enough oxygen, that's the thing that's going to keep them alive. Then that is a very big challenge. The other challenge is there are patients who need food in hospital. And it's a big challenge at the moment getting food to hospitals. And we know if you're sick, you need good food to keep your immune system running. And in some hospitals, they can't access that at the moment. And lastly, chronic medication in KwaZulu-Natal. I spoke to the health department just now, recently, and they say almost half of the medication is cut off to patients. So things like diabetes medication, HIV medication, hypertension medication is really almost inaccessible. And we know that 
all of those things are, those conditions are comorbidities which make COVID worse. And there is a um, warehouses that have been attacked, um, that have been looted, pharmaceutical warehouses. We heard that Sipla, which is a company that produces generic medicine in South Africa, that factory was burnt down last night. So they can't produce any of the medicines that we're supposed to get. So it's not just COVID, it's actually an impact on the entire health system that makes it very hard to operate. And of course, you know, how long after coming into contact uh, do you do do you do you have you learned uh, COVID shows itself to people? And if we calculate uh, for that period, if we say it's two weeks, for example, after coming into contact, that it shows symptoms in in, in people, are we then anticipating that two weeks from the time that these lootings happen, uh, we're going to see a major catastrophe on the healthcare system in the country? So it's hard for me to answer that question because I'm not a doctor or epidemiologist. Mm. But what I do know is that it takes about, from the time of infection, it takes between seven and ten days for a test to come out positive. So um, not all of us, um, you know, are likely to go to hospital. The younger you are, the less likely you are to go. And it, it, it depends on whether you have comorbidities and that sort of thing. But what we can say is that we know that people also find it very hard to get to testing facilities at the moment. So many people with COVID symptoms can't go for testing at the moment. The National Institute for Communicable Diseases actually yesterday said, you know, if you can't go for a test, please just isolate because we know people can't get to tests. But we also know that your behavior, if you see a positive test, you're probably more likely to isolate than compared to if you're just wondering, do I have it or don't I have it? So that will also have an impact. And the impact on chronic patients, whether that be chronic patients with uh, diabetes, uh, uh, whether that be chronic patients with, uh, uh, you know, high blood pressure who need uh, daily doses of medication, even chronic patients with cancer. What is the impact going to be to them? So that impact is expected to be huge because we can't just order the medicine tomorrow. You know, Mm. it, it takes time to get access to it. And we know that these comorbidities make you more likely to fall severely ill or to die from COVID. And if you don't, and especially if they're untreated. Mm. Now, it is chronic conditions. So it's not like if you miss your medication for one day that you're going to be severely ill the next day, but it has a gradual impact. Yeah. And we know that all these conditions that you've mentioned, especially HIV, if it's untreated, because then your immune system wouldn't uh, your, it w- wouldn't be working well. Especially that is a huge issue if you can't access your medication. You may have answered this, uh, or maybe I missed it, but do we know at this point which province has had the biggest drop in vaccinations on, on, on the daily? So by far, KwaZulu-Natal, by far the most. If because I at- suppose it's the most populated. Well, yeah, they also did very, very well in terms of vaccinations. They mm. had a very, have a very good program running. Mm. So if we compare this week's figures with last week's, in the case of KwaZulu-Natal, they do about a tenth of the vaccinations that they normally do. Wow. What were we doing? Do we know the numbers of what we were doing at our peak per day for both provinces? So um, last week, when we had our highest day of vaccinations, that was 190,000 doses on Thursday, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And on that day, Guzalina told it around about 40,000 vaccinations. 
Compare it to Monday this week, I think they did 2,000. Yesterday, they did 3,000 vaccinations. So it's gone down drastically. In the case of Gauteng, that's the other province where some sites had to close, figures are slightly lower, not nearly as much affected as KwaZulu-Natal, but it is a bit lower where it was also generally 40,000 or above. Yesterday, if I remember correctly, it was around about 33,000. So that has gone down as well. Do we know in terms of flow? Because I know that you said that, uh, you know, uh, we, we've, the, the flow has slowed down. The vaccination flow has slowed down in urban Guazulu Natal. It's still okay in rural Guazulu Natal. But I'm assuming, uh, in rural Guazulu Natal, in terms of uh, issues of access and travel and all of those things that go with it, uh, it, 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 it sometimes make the process slower. So does it mean things will be as normal as they were last week? Or are things still going to be affected in rural Guazulu Natal because of the fact that it's a rural space? Well, if we look at yesterday's figures, the entire KwaZulu Natal did 3,000 vaccinations. And um, if you look at the large rural parts that they are, you should ideally probably have more vaccinations than that, even just in the rural areas. Mm. So I would imagine that it is that, that, that some of those areas is also affected. It's particularly also, it's public and private sites but it's particularly private sites, like all the clicks and discount sites have closed down. And we know that even if you're a public patient, so if you don't have medical aid, you can still go to a clicks or a discount site to get vaccinated. Mm. That's not only private patients who are, you know, people with medical aid that are affected by that. It's everyone who's affected. And of course, it all depends on when when the, un- the unrest ends mm. because um, safety is the most important thing and it's absolute, It's without purpose to open those sites if health workers can't get to them and if patients can't get to them and if everyone is, is unsafe, if they're going to get looted. So, so really, what depends with vac- what is going to happen with vaccinations and KwaZulu-Natal really depends on what happens with the violence in the province. And Gauteng? Well, Gauteng, um, all areas of Gauteng is not affected. So, for instance, all the Diskim and Click sites here are not closed in Gauteng. And that's why we don't see as a dramatic drop in vaccination figures in Gauteng as when we compare it to KwaZulu-Natal. So, there are most sites in Gauteng are operating. And it's important to also point out the sites in the rest of the country are unaffected. They are operating quite well. And some of the stock that is now not used in KwaZulu-Natal Natal is being rediverted to other provinces and sites where they can be used. So important to know that it's largely with Lunatal that does that you know where sites have been largely closed. Yeah. Some in Gauteng, but it's not the rest of the country. Yeah. We have a voice note, Mia. Let's hear what someone has to say. Hello, KG. Uh, good afternoon. Is there any danger if someone, you know, with HIV get, you know, uh, vaccinated? Okay. Uh, is Would you have an answer to that? I don't think that uh, from what I've read, uh, there's a problem with people who are HIV getting vaccinated. Would you know, Mia? I'm not a doctor, so I'm not the best person to answer that question. But um, from what I have understood up until now, that if you have HIV and you're on treatment, in other words, if you use your antiretroviral medication consistently and correctly, then you can get vaccinated. 
How has the how have these uh, violent protests uh, impacted on uh, the third wave of COVID nineteen? Well, you know, it's hard to look at numbers of infections now and say how it's impacted because, yeah. as you've mentioned previously, it takes a while for us to see the result of those infections. Yeah. So I would imagine that in two or three weeks from now, we will have a better idea if we look at infections, particularly, you know, how many there are in KwaZulu-Natal, um, a, a very severely affected province, and then also perhaps in Gauteng, where there's also been quite a few protests. And hospitalizations as a result of the protests? So the issue with the hospitalizations is actually a snowball effect because, first of all, we have fewer doctors and nurses in hospitals right now because they can't get to work because Mm. of blocked roads. Mm. And now also the fewer doctors, the staff that is now, um, you know, smaller than normally have more patients because they don't just have COVID patients. They also have patients who get injured in the lootings. We've seen lots Mm. of injuries and we've also seen deaths. And there's hospitals in Gauteng where we've seen reports where patients fight to get helped first because, you know, they just have to wait so long before they get helped and where they get impatient. So that whole, and that also, all of this happens within an environment where medication isn't that accessible because, you know, deliveries can't get to hospitals Mm. and factories get burned down. So it's really a snowball effect that makes healthcare at the moment a really, really strange situation. Yeah, we are in strange times, going through strange situations. Thank you so much for making the time, Mia, to talk to me this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Mia Malan is editor-in-chief of Begisisa. Uh, They are health journalists, and we were talking the impact of the vaccination rollout uh, as affected, of course, uh, by the lootings and civil unrest uh, that we are facing. And as you heard us say, uh, it's going to be compounded, of course, by people who have to be hospitalized because they got injured in the lootings. It's 2 o'clock now. It's time for the latest news on SAFM. And Musa is standing by.